What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and we are going to continue our top 10 exercises that everybody needs to be doing. And this is part four. I did not think that this was going to be this long. And you know what? I don't, I shouldn't be surprised because I ramble so much. And, uh, you know, without further ado, let's just get right into it. So we've already kind of covered the core section, like core exercises that we need to be doing, um, farmer carries that we need to be doing, uh, deadlift variations that we need to be doing. And I believe we left off with like lunges, split squats, and any kind of like lower body that's unilateral. And um, today what I want to start off on, and I have a feeling that it's going to be um, definitely a just one kind of section and it's going to be pulling exercises. So the reason why I place a huge emphasis on any kind of pulling exercise for clients is that for most of us, um, who are seated at a desk like I am right now, and we do that all day, every day. So if I had to audit a regular person's, um, day it usually start off start off starts with um you getting up you getting yourself in a car driving to work anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour um then you sit at a desk for about eight hours then you drive home again either 10 minutes for or to an hour depending on your commute time then you come home and sit down to eat dinner and then you finish the night off by sitting on your couch watching something or whatever it is so we tend to be in this forward flex position a lot and the last thing you want to do is go to the gym and start pressing like crazy making all of this stuff tighter and pulling you further into that position so it makes sense to me to pull a lot more than press. And, you know, you might've heard that whole push to pull ratio should be two to one. And now, you know, things have been looking a lot worse for our general population. And it's almost to a three to one. Um, honestly, the amount of people that I see that have shoulder issues, neck issues, they're the last thing I want to do for them is give them more pressing. Cause even when I get people pulling, they still don't know how to get out of this weird rounded position. And even if I try to cue them of like stacking and, you know, packing the shoulder, they end up still pulling themselves like this. So it's a lot of stuff that needs to be corrected. And the last thing I want to do is fuel that fire of, again, I don't like using the word posture, but that's literally what it is, is that rounded posture. So we're going to kind of go through all the pulling exercises that I tend to give to everyone. And then maybe some few variations where, um, that are a little bit more advanced. So I'm going to try to share my screen and I'm going to try to keep this episode, um, 30 minutes or less. And let's see where we go. And again, I'm always going to say this. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, do so right now. Um, you know what? Every single person is going to get a TRX row. So the reason why I really like the TRX row than any other pulling exercise for a lot of people is the nature of the free handle, how you're allowed to, you know, incorporate a rotation. 
So if you think about it, if I am starting my TRX row, look at where my knuckles are right now. So we're now in shoulder internal rotation. As I row, I go into external rotation. So I'm adding a literal like axial rotation. And what do shoulders really, really like? Rotation, right? I always tell this to every new person that I put through an assessment. If you think about the average Joe or Jane's shoulder, what do we use it for? We go on our phones, we go on our laptop, and we maybe will grab a cup out of the cupboard that's nice and high. But our shoulder joint can do all these other things back here. And when do we ever train our shoulders behind us into abduction with extent like we we don't not at all and if you look at the very design and nature of how our joints are you know put together is that they're designed for movement if we you know eliminate that bad things tend to happen you know that saying that people um, bring up in the fitness industry especially in the mobility flexibility um what's it called, uh, community, is, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. So if we go off of that kind of thought process, then it becomes really clear that, you know, our joints will probably suffer in some way. And what I explain to clients and patients all the time is the moment you, you know, don't uh, move your joint through its entire you know, range of motion, you don't allow synovial fluid to go into the joint itself to kind of build the integrity and health of it. So if I'm constantly using my shoulder for just this, this, and maybe a cup, then maybe the only the front side, maybe like 15% of the shoulder is actually getting um, enough nutrients to actually function. But all the rest of that shoulder capsule back here, because we never move it, never gets that, you know, um, synovial fluid to improve. So then when people try to do stuff back here, it's super tight, like the trap will start doing this and like all this weird stuff. So at the end of the day, it's like you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't utilize your shoulder or any joint really in its full range of motion. So I always kind of find exercises that will promote movement as much as possible. And again, there's like a double-edged sword, like more movement's not better, but you know, in a controlled environment, then, you know, you have a pretty good, um, I guess, recipe to success. Um, so the TRX row is one of those things where I kind of start with everyone. And there's a few reasons too, is like, if you look at the nature of the body position, one, I'm teaching people how to use their posterior chain. So I really, really enjoy teaching and coaching just the start position because if you think about it like me like i don't like putting my toes down i just naturally feel like if you dig your heels in then you have a little bit of, of a better um understanding and feedback for an average person to like understand like how to stay upright and create tension so if i'm getting people to dig their heels in, then that's going to send a signal all the way to my hips to be as straight as possible you know squeeze the glutes and have that posterior chain kind of light up. 
And then that allows my entire backside to also create tension and like fire up my lats. So this is a lot of stuff that's also like a precursor to the deadlift, if you really think about it. Because when we get to the top of the deadlift or even the start position, you want that whole posterior side to be kind of, you know, ready and like stiff and just with so much tension that if you had whatever load, it's going to be easy to lift up. And then the other thing too that a lot of people don't think about with a TRX row is neck position. So if you think about this, like how many people's necks are like here all day and the amount of tension that can go back here can lead to um, headaches, migraines, um, always having tight traps, things like that. So if I could teach someone how to like pack their neck in a nice neutral position, it's going to light up that whole backside again as a strong unit. So then when I decide to deadlift or pick something off the floor or even do a lunge or even a TRX row, like everything's going to be stacked in a neutral position. And the other thing too, a lot of people don't think about as a TRX um, exercise is that it's a really good neck stability and strength exercise. Because now that I am fighting gravity on the way down, if you look at where my head is, all these muscles back here um, of your neck, including your traps, have to learn how to stabilize this melon of yours without it doing weird things or weird things like this. And naturally, when you put someone in a 45-degree angle on a TRX row, it's not going to feel really good to like be here. Your body's naturally wanting to fight that and be there. So I can't think of a better exercise for posterior strength, especially in the pulling um, position, than a TRX row. And the nice thing too is like the TRX row is going to be a staple for almost everyone. If I have a, someone brand new that's never exercised, you just move them a little bit higher and then they can still get the benefit. The fitter you get, the lower you go, and then you're going to go into um, more challenging ranges where you have to really pull yourself up. Now, there's so many different variations of the TRX row. And, you know, you can play around with tempo you can play around with putting on a weight vest putting a sandbag on your hips you can like do a single leg inverted row you like there's so many different ways of doing it but at the end of the day the trx row is always going to be a um staple in my programming and a lot of people should be doing the trx row and yes it seems boring it doesn't seem fancy but funny enough i've been working on some social media posts this week and you know people have been getting strong decades before all the equipment that we have available today 70 years ago when the soviets started producing strength and conditioning strength and conditioning research on the olympic lifts People still do those exercises today, and they are still able to get be as strong as those guys 70 years ago. Like, it's not rocket science. Training to get stronger, leaner, faster, whatever you want to do, it's really simple, basic, non-sexy things. If you're constantly going down the rabbit hole of finding a new sexy exercise, you're not going to get to your results faster. If anything, you're going to injure yourself because it's a brand new exercise, and not a lot of people have put themselves through. So think about it. Like, would you rather, I don't know, take a medication that's been around for 30 years that has so much um, research in it, so many human trials, so many people that take it on a daily basis or a brand new drug that has none of that kind of history or credibility. 
You know, like I rather go with something that's proven and that is been around for a little while and not just like, here's this new thing. Hopefully it works. And hopefully your body doesn't have explosive diarrhea every time you take it. Not saying that it's going to happen with exercise, but you know, something might explode like your discs or whatever. But uh, T-Rex Rose, long story short, I did not think I was going to go down that path. But um, another exercise that I get everyone doing is band pull-aparts. Uh, I always spell pull-aparts with the A included with the parts position. Sorry, I'm just like rambling, but again, not a super sexy exercise, but this is what most people need is scapular retraction and developing those postural muscles as much as possible. So I'm constantly looking at stuff that you know, doesn't require a lot of equipment that people can do at home. And if they're at a gym and it's super crowded, you still have all the stuff and you don't have to use, you know, 16 different things in order to, you know, be successful. Right. So band pull aparts, there's so many different variations. Um, I'm going to show you a couple, but essentially band pull aparts, one of the best. Another thing too is a lot of people when I give them band pull-aparts, you know, after a couple reps, it ends up looking like this and they just don't know, understand how to like relax this. So sometimes I tell people like, think of going into a V position and the band, if you look at the image here, will end up kind of at the top of your rib cage. And that's fine too, because at the end of the day, I want those posterior muscles you know, mid-trap rhomboids, those things to get stronger and more, um, what's it called, more efficient at moving and activating. So it doesn't really matter where the band goes as long as I feel the shit back there working. So a couple of variations that I like doing. Da -da -da. To do this, um, one is the bent over because I can't think of a better way. Hopefully, this ad goes quick. So, if you look at this like hip hinge pattern of me doing a band pull apart, what does that look like? Deadlift position, you trying to pick up shit. So, most people break at a heavy deadlift with their shoulders and they round again in deadlifting. It's not a big deal. If those arms drop forward, I totally get that. But if the rest of your back rounds, then you're kind of looking at some bad shit happening. But in my head, it's like, you know, I'm standing doing this. Sure. I'm getting the benefit, but what happens if I do go into a hinge position and I break apart? So why wouldn't I want to, get this position as strong as possible and go from here, you know, nice and simple. Um, another thing that I will say, because I've had this so many times, you know, like band pull aparts are an awesome exercise, but what happens if I can't get someone to actually relax their neck and everything is just jacked up in their shoulders. And this is where I'll put them on a foam roller, bench, whatever it is, to actually um, relax their neck and traps. So if you think about it, if you went to 
chiro, physio massage, you're laying on a table with your neck on it as well. And a lot of people don't think about this is like, that is a position where there's zero muscle activation of your neck. So if you're trying to get adjusted by a chiro or getting your neck treated by an RMT, you don't want to be like super tense in your neck. Like they want it to be relaxed so they can actually do treatment. So you can apply the same concept with exercise. So if I have someone laying down doing an exercise, I'm getting zero um, muscle activation from the neck and upper traps. I usually want to take over. So now if I have someone that's dealing with headaches, tightness or anything, and I want them to train, sometimes that's a limiting factor. And just doing a simple change as laying down on a foam roller or bench to do a pull apart. Like it's not rocket science. Um, again, like there's a lot of variations of pull aparts out there. Like you can literally be, um, tie the band up top of a cable machine or a squat rack and you can do a pull down and then, um, band pull apart variation. Like I love that. The only thing is like, Sometimes the squat rack is super fucking high and now I got to bring on a um, bench to jump up. Cause again, like I'm five foot nine, I'm not tall. I'm not going to be able to stow one arm that thing. Um, and then sometimes because it's too high, you actually pulling down, it will be like too much tension. And then by the time you get to pull apart, you won't actually get the benefit. So sometimes just the setup doesn't work um, in situations like that. Um, sometimes what I'll also do is like, one band on the foot, I'll do a front raise and then pull apart another great variation. But sometimes it's like people are already so jacked up here by adding a front raise that just makes things worse. So a lot of it is just like preference and, um, what people have available. Um, the other thing that I always do is face pulls. So one thing that I will show is this, the half kneeling cable rope face pull. The reason why I love this variation in a half kneel position is that when you do it in a half kneel, there's no like, as it gets heavier, you like start arching through your low back. And you see this with the dudes all the time where they're standing in front of a cable machine and they're like loading the weight stack as heavy as possible. And it becomes like all momentum and then arch with the low back to get there. And to me, I'm like, well, I want the most activation through mid traps, rhomboids, posterior um, shoulder. Why would I want to add momentum and as much weight as possible that I couldn't do? So let's eliminate some of those factors and stay in a half kneel position so I can really focus on, you know, my posterior here, right? And the other thing too with this, actually I want to go back here. If you look at my elbows, they're pretty like much here. It's like almost like 90 degrees. The other thing that I've seen with people, like again, face pulls, great exercise. Sometimes it doesn't work as work out as you want it to. So there's nothing wrong with like finding a different position and angle where your shoulder joint feels better. For most people who are jacked up through here that get uh, tension headaches and traps are overactive, 
there's nothing wrong with pulling down here. Like if you were doing like a push-up, like a proper push-up, you're still getting that posterior chain. And all you did is just change the angle. Because again, if I have rounded shoulders and now I'm going up here and trying to pull, like my shoulder is already in a bad position. This also doesn't feel good. But if I'm already here and I'm pulling down this way, it becomes a little bit different, right? You get a different angle of uh, pull. And sometimes that's all it takes to find that middle ground. And um, this is where the face pull just, you know, does so well, right? Like you can even see like where my back is getting pulled and what's working and what's not. Um, the other variation that I really like using with the face pull to make sure you're not cheating, I just need to find this one, the, oh, hang on. Again, you can see how many uh, variations there are of face pulls. Again, another reason why you should uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. So I'm gonna move my little cursor thing here. So if you can see, I actually have a band looped into the cable machine. So I'm pulling a weight stack. It's not like it's pinned and I'm just doing a basic band pull. What I'm actually doing is creating instability here that my muscles now have to react. So if I go fast, that most people do with face pulls, the band's going to bounce. So I get feedback right away if I'm going too quickly. So you're forced to go slower. This is a great trick for people that tend to move really quick. And like, I'm not, again, I always say dudes always want to do this, but you know, like sometimes you get a lot of different people where they're just naturally, they want to move fast. And then as a coach, I need to like get creative on like, how can I make this person go slower? So the band gives you that instant feedback and it becomes a whole different exercise. And then you're like, holy shit, why is it so hard? Anytime you add tempo to make things uh, slower tends to be a lot more difficult. And then this is kind of like a surefire way. If I wanted to be even meaner, I can put a, a person into a half kneel position with the band and there's like zero room for error, right? So definitely a variation that I highly recommend uh, people trying because there's no way that you're going to go too quickly on this one. So that's another face pull variation that I really, really enjoy using with clients, patients, you name it. Um, another one that I really like using too, if we're going to go down the whole posture route, is adding like a Y press. Again, it's kind of a, um, I wouldn't say advanced, but you need a little bit of, you know, practice when it comes to training. So, this is also another banded, like you can do this without the weight stack or anything. But the other thing too, is like, if I wanted to directly influence, you know, the capsule of the shoulder, the last thing I want to do is squeeze. If I want to work those postural muscles, if I let go of my grip and I place the band around my wrist, I'm literally going to be moving through all those smaller postural muscles and into the shoulder capsule. And then this becomes one of the hardest fucking exercises that 
has ever been put on to the faith of the earth when it comes to pulling exercises. And this is one of those things where like, you know what, I'm playing this video and I'm like, I haven't used this variation in so long and I'm going to start giving this to clients. So uh, beware clients if you're watching this. <laughs> but yeah, another great variation to throw in and play around with. Now, again, I can be talking about face pulls for the next 30 minutes because there's so many different exercises, but Another exercise I want to get into is the dumbbell row. So something really important here is if you've been in this fitness industry for a while, you kind of start seeing um, changes. And if you don't keep up with the changes, then you tend to um, be left behind. So if you look at my shoulder, I'm actually in a pronated position. And then when I pull, I go into a retracted position. So a long time ago, the cue for rowing is to like tuck the shoulder and keep it there the whole time. But in my head, and a lot of people also figured this out, is like if my shoulder blade and shoulder is designed for protraction and retraction, why would I try to pin it in retraction the entire time? Wouldn't it make sense that when I place my shoulder in protraction with the weight to have it strong enough to be able to go into retraction from a protracted position? And again, this is how I translate my programming into other things. If I have someone deadlifting heavy, what is the one thing that we brought up already that a lot of people break when they deadlift a heavy weight? They go into protraction in the back rounds. So if I wanted to eliminate that, why wouldn't I want to train my shoulders going into protraction with weight and having enough strength for it to go into retraction as I row? So the dumbbell row is something that I give to everyone, and I now teach that because that's how our shoulders are made. I'm not saying to go all the way down to the ground and rotate our whole torso and whole, rotate the whole thing, but you know, again, that could be another variation for a different time and place, but for most people, I want to teach them how to do this effectively. And um, that's been a huge game changer when I started doing this, I don't know, like five years ago with people. Um, something really simple that goes a long way. Now, another pulling exercise that I absolutely love, and I got to start like going really quick here because we are running out of time. Uh, da -da -da -da. Something called bat wings. So this was made famous by Dan John. And if you don't know who Dan John is, you better look him up. Um, so you get into like a chest supported position and then with some heavy kettlebells, you pull and then you hold for a couple seconds and then you come back down. So with the bat wings, there's literally no cheating whatsoever. And the reason why is that actively you're pushing your chest in as you're rowing. So when I'm pulling, I'm not cheating by like going into an arch position. I'm literally trying to stay here. And now it's all back exercises. Like I'm digging my toes in, squeezing my glutes. And this becomes a very challenging exercise. And I prefer using kettlebells only because it's easier to grab off the ground. And it just, the nature of it, because the weight is a little bit lower when you pull your, you won't hit the, the bench itself so it becomes a little bit more about practicality and things like that but 
yeah, like huge game changer when it comes to posterior strength and like things that translate over. Um, we were kind of running out of time here, but we're going to go into one last thing is chin-ups. Oop. Sure, let's go. Um, I always like going into band-assisted chin-ups first because most people don't really have the upper body strength to do a full body weight chin-up with some pretty shitty form. So the big thing here that I just did is I put my feet forward. So when you look at people doing chin-ups, their legs are kind of dead and they're just hoping to like pull themselves up. But if I want more out of the exercise, I want full body tension, just like the TRX row that we started off this episode with. So it's in my best interest to do the same thing on a very challenging exercise to get more bang for my buck. So then I can progress through it faster. So with the band, um, one, again, like I don't jump into like, okay, now go do some bodyweight chin-ups and then they end up looking like this every time. Whereas like I want them to lead their chest to the bar rather than like, come on, biceps, do your thing. And then my shoulders are rounding and then I'm like squeezing to get a rep in. That's not a chin-up. That's just like you squirming up a freaking ledge trying to get over it during the Tough mutter or some shit like that. Um, again, training is training. Just think about that. When I give band assisted chin-ups is with the feet, one, I can squeeze my glutes and activate my core a little bit more efficiently than having like floppy legs and or bending them behind me. And with the band, when people do band assisted chin-ups, the worst thing you want, the worst thing to have is like the band literally from the top going, pinning into your chest, going down to your belly button. And if you're a dude going across your like area and then rubbing up and down on it, like that doesn't feel the greatest. So it makes sense to have some space. Um, that being said with the band, it makes it a little bit easier to cue the motion where you're like, you want your shoulder blades to move through that motion as much as possible. And again, like in a perfect world, I wouldn't have someone going into that chin up position. Cause again, it's a fixed position and maybe some people don't have enough, you know, supination to actually pull themselves up they might just have this much and now i'm putting them on a fixed position and that's where a lot of people feel like oh my forearms are so sore every time i do um chin-ups so ideally if i could olympic rings just have them really high and then i could throw in that rotation just like the t-rex row that's going to make it a lot easier and again if i'm not competing in some sort of crossfit games thing where it's just a straight bar doesn't matter if i'm looking to get stronger improve my back muscles then adding rotation is going to be your best friend um i think i'm going to end it there because we went through a lot and i feel that i could probably talk forever but the big thing here is there's so many pulling exercises that i didn't even get through but you can see how vital it is for someone to get strong posteriorly. And I might even do for this part five now, um, a little bit more on pulling um, from a functional standpoint and uh, maybe go into some like combination exercises because I didn't even like get into cable rows or anything like that. But um, 
I think I'm gonna end it there. If you guys have any questions at all, let me know. Um, hopefully this kind of gave you some ideas of what you can start incorporating into your workouts. Um, that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Um, hit the subscribe button, um, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm gonna continue giving the best fitness and health advice until, I don't know, until I decide that it's time to retire. So till next time, you guys.